Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minute 33 of Season 4 of Move Around Minute, the daily podcast where we take a hilarious and poignant journey through the 1989 Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan rom-com When Harry Met Sally, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me today is not the same guest that I had the last few days. They unfortunately couldn't make it for the for the rest of this week, so I went and got one of my favorite guests to, to come back and join us for only three days this week, but, you know, he's still great for three days. So uh, welcome back to the show, Duncan Shields, who Hello. is from the Time Bandits Minute, from Chronologically Speaking. He's also a uh, burlesque performer, an animator, and most importantly, he's just a tourist here on Earth. So welcome back to the show, Duncan. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me back. I'm glad. I'm glad you were able to find some time to, to, to join us uh, in, yeah, in this season. That. It was wonderful to revisit this movie. I haven't seen it since it came out, so it was nice to come back. Really? Wow. You haven't seen this movie in 33 years? Yeah. You see clips of it here and there now and again, you know, in uh, in little best of moments or people referencing other things or riffs on it. You know, like I think some riffs. Why would someone want to riff this movie? Oh, I don't mean. (laughs) Yeah, I don't mean. Yeah, I mean like um, or homages like other Ah, other, uh, you know, other movies will have a, a, a. uh, fake orgasm in Katz's diner scene or something, and they're like, oh, that's a not-so-subtle nod to when Harry met Sally or something right. like okay. that. Right, okay. All right, that's fair. That is definitely fair. All right, so actually, so it's, it's good that, that you got minute 33 because it's been 33 years since you've seen the movie. So that works that's out right. perfectly. There, there you go. go. It's kismet. It's fate. <laughs> that's right. So uh, minute 33 begins with Sally continuing to talk and ends with Sally trying to reassure herself. So the the last two days and and yesterday in particular, you know, Sally is telling her story as to, uh, you know, what happened with her and Joe. She's telling yeah. Harry they finally, you know, they're they're sitting in in the, the the little cafe known as Amsterdam, you know, which we talked about yesterday a little bit, and you know, she's she's just telling her little story about what made her come to a realization of why she doesn't want to continue being with Joe because the two of them just want something completely different in life. Yeah. Okay. And as she's, she's talking, so she basically said, I'll, I'll read the dialogue and then we'll, we'll get into a little bit of a conversation about the dialogue afterwards. You know, that's one of the things yeah. about this movie is there's so much dialogue. You can't just break it up. You got to like, you know, talk about it straight through. And then after that, you can do it. So she continues by saying, and she looked out the window and she saw this man and this woman with these two little kids. And the man had one of the little kids on his shoulder. And she said, I spy a family. And I started to cry. You know, I just started crying. And I went home and I said, the thing is, Joe, we never do fly off to Rome on a moment's notice. And then Harry turns to her and goes, and the kitchen floor? Not once. It's this very cold, hard Mexican ceramic tile. Hmm. Anyway, we talked about it for a long time. And I said, this is what I want. And he says, well, I don't. And I said, well, I guess it's over. And he left. And the thing is, I feel really fine. I am over him. I mean, I really am over him. And that was it for him. That was the most that he could give. And every time I think about, and then that's where the minute ends. So, I mean, it's first of all, it's a great more or less monologue from her because it's telling us so much about her relationship with, with Joe, who, you know, I'm, I'm still shocked that she, that, that, you know, they stayed together for five years because based on what Harry was talking about a few weeks ago, you know, when, the, when they were in the, you know, when they're on the airplane, it didn't sound as if Joe was really a guy who 
you know, is going to stay in a relationship a long time. No, but man, I sure love that fake out when uh, <laughs> Billy Crystal walks by and he's like, I think I know that person. And then walks, you know, right up to Meg Ryan and is like, Joe, is that you? Like, you're like, ah, exactly. nice one. Well done. They did well that done. really well. Yes. I, I love the fact that, that, uh, you know, that, that, that they, they fake us out there, but also the fact that, that, you know, Harry does know Joe, you know, which, yeah. which, which is great. And he, you know, one of the things that I always have a problem with this, with this movie is the fact that, you know, during the five years inter intervals between each of the, the various segments, you know, that the, they, on the one hand, expect us that the characters should remember each other, but on the other hand, you know, they don't really, you yeah. know, like how many people do you know that you would have seen in passing, you know, that you knew 10 years ago for one day. I mean, granted it's, it's an intense uh, drive, but still, you know, 10 years ago, you knew them. And then you bump into them five years later, you know, how much are you really going to remember about them? It depends on the change. And she changed quite a bit, but I, I do think the eight hours in a car. Or five 18, hours in 18, a car, 18, 18, 18. Was it 18? Oh, 18. Well, okay. yeah. In, in their world, it's an 18 hour trip from Chicago to New York in hours. It's about 12, but okay. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But it's a yeah. Well, I guess maybe they're counting the overnight or or whatever. But they uh they are they did they crash overnight? No. Anyway, no, they, they, they uh, drove through they, the night. They drove through the night, and well, it's Harry, a long time. Harry wanted yeah. them to stop, and that was one of the points of contention. Right. But they they didn't stop. <laughs> it's a long time to be in a car with somebody, so I figure I might be able to recognize them again. But it might be that thing where uh maybe I'd be like, God, I know them from somewhere. Where do I know them from? Exactly. Right. Which he sort of has. He has those kind of moments of like, yeah, it looks really familiar. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then on the plane, he's like, that's where I know her from. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so whatever. I mean, it's, it's, I, 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 we all know a lot of people. We bump into people, you know, some of that you don't have contact with in 10 years. Yeah. The odds are you're not going to remember that much about it. Like I was, <laughs> it's actually funny that I'm mentioning this, you know, last week, my wife and I went to a play. Okay, we saw a, a recent version of Fiddler on the Roof. Okay, yeah. and when we were waiting in line, I saw someone that I probably haven't seen in over ten years, and I remembered his first name, and I could not remember for the life of me his last name. Right? right. I, I said to my wife, I said, I said, I know that guy. It's and I told her his first name, and and she's like, okay, who is he? And I was like, well, you know, we we you know both back when when we were both single, you know, we we knew each other, you know, around like sort of like how I knew Joe. You know, we didn't live in the same uh, how yeah. Harry knew Joe. You know, we weren't living in the same building or anything like that. But I just found it, found it really funny. So I ended up texting a friend of mine uh, who knows both of us. And I said, what's his last name? And he told it to me. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. I should have known that. You know, it was that, that type of thing. So, you know, from, from that perspective, I, I guess you're right. It's something that you would say to yourself, I recognize this person, but but I can't really place 100%. Yeah. And it's a context thing too. Like I remember I was in Scotland and I, I bumped into someone I knew from Vancouver was standing mm -hmm. in front of me in the movie lineup. Right. And I was like, what is this person looks so familiar, but it was like a friend from Canada and I'm in a movie lineup in Scotland. So my brain was like, I, I, I can't place this person. Right. And then I was like, oh, it's a Canadian person. What the, are the odds that I'd be ending up in a in a movie line up at Edinburgh next to somebody I know from Vancouver? Yeah, but I had another I, I had another moment in Vancouver where I, I saw this guy in the grocery store and he was like, hey, I know you. And I was like, yeah, I know you, too. 
And he was a very unique looking guy. He wasn't like, ah, I got one of those faces. You know, he was like, uh, five, two, um, bright, 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 red hair, this giant, bright red gnome beard, uh, bald and big green bomber jacket on, uh, pretty, pretty thick guy, like a really, you know, he's not, he's not a blending in type of guy. So like, I'm like, I really recognize this person. And he was like, I really recognize you. You're this, you know, tall tree, this beard, you know, and we never figured it out. Even we, to this day, talked, you don't know who he was? Even to this day. I've never seen him again. Uh, we, we talked for like two minutes there. We tried to go through places that we might know each other from. And he was like, no, I've never been there. I don't know that. And I'm like, oh, I thought that was the place. And uh, he's like, well, have you been here? I'm like, that's not really my scene. And so we were both just like, <laughs> this is so weird. You are so familiar to me. And I have no idea who you are. It's like there was an error in the matrix or something and they forgot to do the complete memory wipe and there's still a shred left or something. I don't, I don't know, but it oh, was, wow. um, as they say, was, a, a brother from another mother. Yeah. yeah it's a weird, <laughs> it's a very strange experience. Wow. That, yeah, that, that, that is strange. But, but uh, I loved, I liked, uh, I really liked Meg Ryan's monologue here. I think she's really in the, in the moment and, um, you know, she talks, she was talking a bit about how Joe and her never got married because they thought that spontaneity and the, uh, the, 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 the crazy sex, you know, just goes out the window when you're too tired, yeah. as her friends say. And, uh, I, I was wondering, cause it, there was a lot of data on that in the Kinsey report, right? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, when the Kinsey report came out, that really blew a lot of people's minds on like, you know, what you were going through was actually really common. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I, I don't know what the over under is on that um, sex after marriage thing, but it's always this this myth that it goes out the window. And uh, I don't know. Well, if the myth know, was I, that I still... it went out the window, then then there wouldn't be children. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really yeah. good point. Hey, really uh, good maybe point. maybe they're talking then just about the idea of frequency. But, you know, frequency or, or I think with her, it seemed to be more like passionate spontaneity. Right. Exactly. You know, like I think there's a there's a rut that comes with marriage of like oh, it's Wednesday, it's date night. Do you got the energy, honey? Right. You know, like that's which is like you can still have a, a good frequency, but it's not it's like in cheers when uh <laughs> I think it was Woody was together with his girlfriend Kelly there and uh they were like, you know, what are you you know, what are you worried about? He's like, Well, the frequency of our sex has really gone down. You know, we're just we're just a twice a week now and norm's like twice a week well you know i guess you're young you gotta do it that often you know like there's this complete <laughs> disconnect where like okay but that's normal you know, <laughs> when, you, when you're 19 it's every day and then twice a week's like what you know right. so i don't know I, I see that's a but i liked her i really like her monologue here and one thing i'd forgotten about meg ryan was just how blue her eyes are yes you They're really like, can uh, see it in this this is one of those scenes where you see how blue her eyes are there. It's amazing actually looking at that, you know, because they, yeah. they, they shine so much here. Really, yeah. really do. The, the lights just, or the, the makeup's really popping them out, but she's kind of like the, the eyes. I found myself becoming really, really fascinated with, with Meg Ryan. Like they like her, her, her magnetism to me is really odd. Okay. Uh, like, you know, like when, I get fascinated by the concept of, of beauty, like, because when you really look at somebody's face, 
the reason why they're beautiful stops being apparent. Right. You know, and you're like, oh, actually, I can't pinpoint what's going on here, why they're why they're so magnetic. And and but her eyes are kind of like, you know, that actress, uh, Meg Foster. Yes. Yeah. So she's got those like frightening husky eyes. Maybe right? it's the name Meg. <laughs> maybe, maybe, but she's got these these terrifying um, uh, blue eyes, and she was the first choice for Laverne and Laverne and Shirley. Uh, but they, the the test audiences were like, no, she's creepy. You know, her eyes are are piercing blue, like really, really blue. And she ended up doing a lot of like science fiction <laughs> movies and and fantasy movies and stuff. And um, and I just sort of, I sort of was really, I love this monologue because it's just Meg Ryan talking, and and I I just see her as like. She's got all the components of a very attractive person, but she's not, she, to me, she doesn't come across as an attractive person. She's kind of like almost, uh, like really magnetically bland. Yeah. You know, and like I think, I think that's part of the point here that that's what they want. You know, yeah. They, uh, yeah. It's perfect for that, for that style. Like the, the, I know the French have a term of, uh, bell lad, which means beautiful ugly so you'll see these these um you'll see i don't, these I don't know ryan would be considered beautiful ugly but no okay. and that's exactly <laughs> not what i'm saying yeah yeah that, i mean that's exactly what i'm saying that's not that's not her you know that's not meg ryan but you'll but at the the concept of somebody who's like cheekbones are so extreme you know or their jaw is so extreme or their their you know their ears are really weird or something but there's something about it that sort of makes them really attractive Right. Really magnetic. Something you want to be around and you want to talk to and spend time with. Whereas by all accounts, it should be, you know, a turnoff or something that repulses people. But for some magical reason, it doesn't. Right. But there's a similar magic thankfully. happening. <laughs> yeah, thankfully. But there's a similar magic happening with Meg Ryan, I thought, because I was like, you've got the clear skin, the blue eyes, you know, you've got, you know, the height, you've got the the figure, whatever, all of it's there. But it it, it comes across as, again, super magnetic. But the, the magnetism to me is kind of mysterious. Like mm -hmm. I found like I could watch her. She could just be reading a menu here and I'd be like all in. You know, like she's so she really <laughs> commands your attention. And I, I also liked her. Um, she's really natural the way she keeps checking in with herself. Right. She keeps touching like, her uh, ear and moving her hair and stuff like that. Yeah. Kind of looking down into the left and looking off camera. Like, mm -hmm. Is what is what I said true? Right. Yes. Yes, I think it is true. Like she's she's doing these little moments where it really seems like these aren't lines. Right. I mean, she's I actually. Right. I think I mentioned it uh, earlier this week, but on the commentary, you know, uh, I, there there are two ver there are two different commentaries that that uh, that I have on on my copy of this. Uh, one is just Rob Reiner, and the other one is Rob Reiner, Nora Ephron, and Billy Crystal. So on okay. on on the commentary, Rob Reiner mentions how this is his favorite scene of hers in this movie that she just does oh. such a great job here. He says this is Excellent. the scene he always comes to when he thinks of you know how great of a job she did in this movie i can you know, see that for sure which which is great i mean it's great to to hear that the you know that that the director thinks that you know and yeah and uh on the other commentary they had a whole like they had a whole conversation between the whole about the whole idea of sex on the floor 
you know, that, that uh, I think Nora Efron says that, if I remember correctly, I listened to it a few days ago, but I think Nora Efron said that, that it was Rob Reiner contributed that to the, um, to, to the story itself. And then Rob says, eh, but there's nothing like being in bed. Who, who needs to be on the floor? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like uh, people often discuss sex on the beach as being a really bad idea. Right. He mentions know, that or... also. He says, he says, who wants to, who wants to, you know, be on the floor or have to deal with sand? You know, yeah. The, the type right. of things in movies, you know, you, the, the, it's just less practical, I guess you could say. Or I think what well, sex in the shower is another one that people talk about. Like it's a great idea on paper, right. but then the actual physical logistics of it, and it's, it's actually kind of awkward and, and strange. Right. Right. Oh, that was another thing about the movie. I forgot. I totally forgotten that Harry Connick Jr. Um, was doing the the music. The the, the music. Like mm-hmm. I know there's jazz standards in there as well. But um, yeah, hearing him riffing on "It Had to Be You" was like I was like, oh yeah, of course that's Harry Connick. Yes, of course. Yes, that's you know. We'll actually talk a little bit about that. I think tomorrow. I think tomorrow. Yeah. yeah, I think it's tomorrow that we get into that a little more. Um, so oh, that's that, right. That's right. right. So and basically, one of the things that that, that I find really funny is she you know she's when when she's giving her this talk and she's talking about the, you know the the fact that she's with the little girl she, who she never mentions her name she just says it's her friend's daughter you know Alice's daughter um, yeah. and, and she says you know they they see this man woman with two little kids you know which is which is really funny because it's the idea that, that you know then they say I spy a family because it goes to the whole idea of you know the the concept of of a nuclear family you yeah. know. Do, yeah. do you remember what what the what they would say an average nuclear family was at the time? Yeah, I do. <laughs> Everybody joked about it because it was a, a a mom and a dad and two point five kids. Right. I, I, actually, it was two point four. But yeah. Oh, two point four. Yeah, yeah, right, that's yeah. fine. Um, and apparently now they've 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 uh, updated that, and it's now um, you know parents uh, a parent uh, a couple with one point seven kids, but they've also 1. had to change. They've had to change the whole idea of what a nuclear family is nowadays, you know, based on the changes in the way that society looks upon uh, different structures of families. Right? Sure. So at the time, a nuclear family was, you know, a man, a woman, and then 2.4 kids. Okay. Yeah. Do, you, do you know any other term for nuclear family? Oh, gosh. What was the thing? It was all Reagan. It was all about – it was family values. Uh, it was nuclear traditional values. Gosh, there was something, some kind of dog whistle term for like, uh, you know, just the, the straight is normal and anything else is bad kind of, kind of thing. But I forget, I forget the term. Yeah, there was right, nuclear so family. There's nuclear family, oh. uh, elementary family, and a conjugal family. Oh, a conjugal family. Yeah. that's a that's a new one. Yeah. Me. Okay, conjugal family. Yeah, very that interesting. That seems kind of literal. <laughs> yeah, very much. <laughs> right. <laughs> And, yeah. then, and also the only other way I've ever heard that term used is prison. So it's not really flattering. That's true. No, that's so, conjugal, conjugal visit. Conjugal visits. <laughs> this is my conjugal partner. You mean your wife? <laughs> exactly. That's, I think, will be a little too uh, in your face about it. You know, yeah. But the whole thing. So, I mean, the whole idea is, is it's a family who lives together. You know, it's the, yeah. you know, it's, it's the people who are living in the same household, you know, as a family. So obviously that has changed. Um, yeah. you know, that, uh, it's, it's more acceptable nowadays than it was back then, you know, that, that you no longer have to deal with, uh, the quote unquote traditional family. You know, you have, yeah. you have, yeah. you know, you have same sex families, you have single parent families, 
um, you know, it, it completely changes the whole idea. Blended of it. families. You know, right. blended families. Exactly. Well, no, I, I don't know if a blended family, see, because the question is, is whether a nuclear family is, is considered only biological or not. You know, that's, that's, that's the thing. Well, that, yeah. What do you do about like adoption, you know, or, or stuff like that? Like when you've adopted a child. Correct. I think a lot of people would be very offended to say, yeah, but you know, you're not like a family family. Right. No, I've, I've like, heard people say that to me. Uh, I, I, I have a blended family. You know, I, I had, yeah. you know, I had a, a son, my wife had two sons. And then when we got married, we had two daughters. So, you know, we have all three mixes, you know, just, yeah. you know, for, and there are people who say, well, you know, they're not really brothers and sisters, you know, but <laughs> they are. Just yeah. a question of how you, you know, want to term it, you know, that type of thing. Or like with uh, like Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn, right? Like exactly. They got married. She had two or three kids from her previous marriage or something. And then he could raise them from like babies. To Wait, but now, did they get so... married? I thought they were just together. Weren't they? Oh, I don't they think they, one they ever couple? got you know, they, they were like, yeah, they were uh, you know, Susan Strandon and uh, uh, oh, what's his name? From the Shawshank, from Tim Shawshank, Rob, Tim, Robbins. Tim Robbins, right? Tim Robbins. The two of them were together for like twenty something years, you know, yeah, and they they, they just never got they married. just never got officially, you know, married from that perspective. Yeah, but uh, Goldie Hawn's kids very much consider Kurt Russell a bit fun. Yeah, exactly. Right, so that's so that's what do you, what do you think? Okay, I mean the data that I have here is a little old, but okay. so in 1970, okay, yeah. what percentage of American households do you think were uh, you know, were nuclear families, which you just have the original biological parents. I go 65%. No. So in 1970, it was 40, 40.30%. And oh, I thought it would be at least over half. So did I. So did I. That's wow. right. And in 2000, what do you think that number was? Do you think it went up or down? I, I'm, you know, going to laughingly obviously say down but maybe it's shockingly gone up no it went down it went down okay okay (laughs) it went down to 24 percent yeah not surprised right you know because again i I wonder when they're gonna like because what do you call it if there is nuclear families these days they seem to be temporary arrangements right it's true With, with divorce rates being what they are people you know they get these um yeah, it's very strange. Like my daughter is one of the only kids in her school whose parents are like still together. <laughs> freak, freak. <laughs> yeah, a weirdo. But then you know me, uh, me and my wife, we never got married either. So you know, right? Now we're both we're both okay with that. So right. So I mean, basically, the the different categories that they have in in this article is they talk about you know the, the nuclear family, the married without children family. Uh, you know, so it's basically just a couple. So they yeah. don't, they aren't included in, you know, the 24% or the 40%. Because here they're just right. talking about, you know, families with kids. Um, sure. You know, and then you have singles, single parents, same sex. Uh, fam- well, actually, from this data back in 2000, they weren't, uh, you know, checking that, that information either. Yeah. You know, that type of thing. So, yeah, no, it's just, it's, it's interesting the way things have evolved, you know, over, over the last 50 years from, from that perspective of the whole thing. But what Sally is describing here is this nuclear family. That's what she's looking at. And, and that's what she wanted. You know, that's what she wants. Yeah. Well, it's that dream, that little shop of horrors somewhere that's green kind of dream, you know, you've got a nice house with a yard, Yeah. you know, and you have two kids and a, a dog and a cat, the Simpsons, right? Like the Simpsons is the cliche of that, right. You know, that, that, that life, 
you know, some suburb, suburban house with, uh, two kids or, well, two, 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 two and Maggie. <laughs> and, uh, exactly. you know, Ranger's little, uh, Santa's little helper and the cat. Does a cat in The Simpsons have a name? I forget. I don't remember. I'm, I, I, I'm not as big of a fan of The Simpsons no. as I used to be. Years not, and years yeah, ago. Up of my, I remember when it first came out, I used to, I used, I, I wouldn't miss it, but, uh, you know, over yeah, the years. If I saw it, if I saw an episode I hadn't seen before, I'd be like, oh my gosh, I haven't seen this one. Exactly. And now there are many seasons that I haven't seen. <laughs> yeah. You know, but, but I also like the fact that when she's describing the, this family and the way that the, the kid, the kids are on his shoulders, right? Yeah. The, the one of the kids is on his shoulders, she, she mimes it. You can see, you know, she, yeah, she's she's not just showing, you know, Harry this. She's also telling us with the whole thing. And and as she's telling the story, she's getting like very emotional. Yeah, you know. But but the thing that that drives me nuts is that she's telling a lot of intimate details to this stranger. Well, this you is know? what I've always. This is what kind. Of, I, and I, I this came up a lot throughout the entire film. Was there's this almost like Woody Allen New York. And I see it a lot with uh, with East Coast movies and New York movies, especially New York, where people are so cavalierly open yeah. about really intimate stuff Correct. with relative strangers or with acquaintances. Yeah. And I remember there was a movie, I forget what the movie was, but there was a small town girl who's visiting New York and she's visiting one of her friends that they're at a table. And uh, the, they're going around the table talking and all these other housewives having a white wine lunch. Uh, they're talking about how um, like the, the tumor has uh, been, you know, gone away a little bit or that, uh, you know, really, you know, sort of intimate medical stuff, intimate sex life stuff. And she and, and then it gets to like her turn and she's kind of like, I don't know any of you. I've seen you know, that. Like, I've seen that. Wait, that was I, wasn't that, that was in terms of endearment. Well, it might have been. That yeah, was yeah, terms of endearment. Something. I just saw that two yeah, weeks ago okay. again. Yes, that that she she traveled from Texas to New York, and she was sitting there, yeah. and they were talking about it, and and you know, the, and she was talking about her cancer. Yes. Oh wow, that's really funny. Yeah, it was it was an <laughs> awkward moment, and yeah. I was like, that's the first time I've seen those two things in a film. Right. Like I've seen a lot of films where people are private, and then I've seen a lot of these sort of East Coast films where they're just super open about right. really intimate stuff with relative strangers. And I think there's gotta be, it's kind of soulless, you know, yeah. there's something kind of, kind of, kind of, I don't know, like in one way, it's, in one way it's super open and honest, you know, and in, in another way it's not, I think it might fall into that. New York people aren't nice, but they're kind. Okay. And then, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, whatever Minnesota people, um, aren't kind, but they're nice, right? You know, or, or they'll <laughs> say that like, you know, uh, hippies are assholes pretending to be nice people, whereas punks are uh, nice people pretending to be assholes. Okay. You know, like that that, that kind of that is that, very fair. you get that you get that thing of Minnesota nice where they're very very friendly, right? But who knows what they actually think, right? But whereas in New York, everybody's up front. But uh, it could be brusque and a little, but you get that all over. The, it's the same with Edinburgh and Glasgow. You get this, this kind of, you know, they say you'll have more fun at a Glasgow stabbing than you will at an Edinburgh wedding. You know, like they, you, you sit on the, the people at the bus stop, you know, the people next to you at the bus stop will strike up a conversation with you in Glasgow and you'll have a great talk. 
and that might be the last time you see them you know whereas in edinburgh it takes you like 10 years just to get two friends you know and they're good friends when you get them but um it's really hard to break in so i don't know right interesting it's this easy yeah, yeah for sure to go Intimacy. Right. No, I just, easy, I just, I just, it drives me nuts the fact that, that, that she's sitting and talking to, to this guy she barely knows, who she's met yeah. twice in her life, even though, even though she spent 18 hours and she's talking to him about, you know, her, her, the dream of spontaneous sex life. You yeah. know, that, that's not, you know, that's not a conversation that most people would have with people that they're close with. No. And I see it happening in like, like so many movies set in New York where people are just, you know, just, just rattling off these intimate details about stuff. Like they're talking about what they had for lunch yesterday. Exactly. It's fair. It's, it's kind of, it's unsettling. Yeah. But okay. Well, I'm glad that came yeah. up. And basically the, the, the way that the rest of this minute goes, you know, she's, she's trying to console herself at the end that she made the right decision. You know, she, she talks about how, you know, how she knows what she yeah. wants. Joe knows what he wants. It's not the same thing. It, it's it's interesting that it took them so long to figure this out. Yeah. You know, the five years to be with someone that you don't know that the two of you are com have complete opposite views on on where you see yourselves going in the future is also a little strange. Yeah, but well, there's also I think there's a myth, uh, like a, a the. There's a there's a myth that you tell yourself in a relationship. I mean, this is this, I'm kind of just coming up with stuff here, but I think you are you have a shared goal, you have a shared belief about why your union is good, mm -hmm. you have a shared belief about what you're getting out of it is what you need and what you want, mm -hmm. and uh, that can sometimes be a lie that doesn't become clear. Right for a long time and i think the way she expressed it in this monologue was really good it was the idea that they were better than married people right because they weren't married and the reason why was because any day now they could fly off to rome any day now they could have sex on the on the kitchen table and those are just two examples kitchen floors like kitchen floor kitchen floor yes <laughs> the uh what did i say table you said the table <laughs> oh yeah kitchen table. But no the, difference uh, no difference the, apparently neither is comfortable so you know yeah, apparently yeah but this idea that uh like the myth was never tested. Right. It was a Schrodinger's a Schrodinger's myth. They were telling themselves that, you know, that's why their relationship was really good. That's why they were superior. Uh, but now they're like, but then she has that moment of like, actually, we've never gone to Rome, you know, and we've never had sex on the kitchen floor. So what else have we never done? And the myth started to unravel. Right. And I could see that taking a long time, right? Because if it's never tested, it's never tested. Right. And uh, it's just like once once it gets tested or once you investigate it, then it can fall apart. And sometimes it's for the best. But uh, and then this might have been for the best. Well, like maybe anyone who's seen the movie knows it's for the best because, you know, otherwise, yes. otherwise Harry and Sally would never have gotten back together. So, yeah, that's right. Spoiler yes. alert for anyone who hasn't. Uh, Spoiler yeah. alert. So you have anything else you want to say about this movie before I get into the script? Uh, some stuff, but it can be for another minute. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, I mean, there, there isn't that much that has changed here. The, the, you know, 
the 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 monologue that she's talked that she did yesterday and today, you know, pretty much stays the same. The only difference here is in the movie, Harry says, uh, "And the kitchen floor," and in the script, he goes, "What about the kitchen floor?" You know, uh, but I think it flows much better the way that Billy Crystal delivers it here by saying, "Oh yeah," you know, sure. and the kitchen floor. You know, it's like because he's adding a little humor to this whole situation of something that we're not even. You know, we shouldn't even be having this conversation, and and we are. You know that type of thing. So that that's the only real difference here between the two, and yeah. uh, it worked. Yeah. It works better this way for sure. Yeah. All right. So every Wednesday we have a segment called Harry Burns Hump Day, where my guests will give their top five Billy Crystal performances. So Duncan, mm-hmm. what have you got? Start with your number five and work your way up. Uh, I guess my number five would be Throw Mama from the Train. Well, my first, my um, I do. Do you want me? I have an honorable mention. So go go with the honorable mention first. That's okay. The the honorable mention is when he hosted the Oscars. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> one of the times that he hosted. What do you mean one of the times? Every one of those times. He he was, in my opinion, he's one of the best Oscar MCs. There's no question about that. Yeah, the one the one I remember is when he did a musical montage. He does it every time. All the he did it every single time. Oh, every time. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, because I just remember him doing his. The silence of the lambs. Yeah. You know, like that uh, mm-hmm. that whole bit. It's great. It's great. Yeah, he's great. People, well, how many times did he host? I think 11. Really? I thought it was like five or something. Wow. I think so. I don't, I, now, it's in, okay, now you, made me, now you made me curious. 11 seems like <laughs> a lot, but I wouldn't be surprised because he's kind of synonymous with Oscar host in my in my. Uh, well, because he, he did some memory. great ones in the, you know, in the 90s and stuff like that. Sorry, nine times. Nine times. Nine times. No, it was Gosh, right between the amazing. two of us, so that, that's good. <laughs> that's got to be a record. Um, no, it's not. Um, okay. uh, what's his name? Uh, Bob Hope did more, and I think I think Johnny Carson oh, also did more. Johnny Carson. Bob Hope did it nineteen times. Billy Crystal nine. Okay. Johnny Carson only did five. Wow. You're right. There you go. Nineteen. Gosh, Bob Hope. Eh? Yeah, Jack Lemmon did it four times. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg oh, four that times. Been something to see. Jacqueline. Jerry Lewis that three times, cool. uh, David Niven three times, Steve Martin three times. David Niven, yes. David Niven. Yeah. But he didn't do it on his own. He he did it uh, together with other people. Okay. You know, he's also has the, the the you know the famous appearance where where you know the streaker ran across behind him in 1974. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> streakers, no streakers. Yes. Uh, yeah, so then five is Throw Mama from the Train, and then four would be City Slickers. Um, that was tremendous fun. Everybody else was the foil, right? You know, yeah. like, and he was just, he's just regular Billy Crystal, but like another fantastic Bruno Kirby uh, performance that, that, that I think that uh, Billy Crystal and B- Bruno Kirby really uh, work well off of each other, even though Bruno Kirby's only in this movie for a little bit. Yeah, but I mean, they, they had a falling out right after. Uh... City Slickers, which is why he oh, wasn't sorry. back in for City Slickers 2 and stuff like that. Oh, right. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear yeah. that. No, because they were they were apparently best friends in real life also, which is what helps the dynamic. Uh, but uh, they had yeah, some sort yeah. of falling out. No one, no one knows what the falling out was. That's a drag. Yeah. Uh, that's, too mm-hmm. that's, that's too bad when that happens anyway, but it's like, that's too yeah. bad. I was I loved it when he showed up in a movie, and that he was just as at home in Donnie Brasco as he was in, uh, you know, City right. Slickers, right? You mm-hmm. know that he could be funny and comedic without 
really changing gears. Right. Like, you know, he was just that much of a, uh, a good, I was sorry, sad to hear what he, what he, uh, when he left us. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. So city slickers and of course the amazing Jack Palance and doing 200 pushups on the, at the Oscars. Yes. I remember mm-hmm. that. Um, and then number three would be deconstructing Harry when he was the, the devil, uh, that he was so funny when he did that, 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 uh, that little bit as the devil is like, you know, you ever <laughs> the blind girl? Oh, they're so grateful. And, and Woody, Woody Allen's like, Oh, you're, that's awful. <laughs> you know, like it's uh, it was just it was just because he was the new boyfriend of Woody Allen's ex girlfriend or something like that. I haven't and, seen um, the movie in years. Uh, I, I, I should I should revisit it one of these days. It's a it's a montage that has a really good bit with Robin Williams in it too, where he goes uh, as an actor, he's out of focus, and they're like, "Oh, we got to change the lens on the camera," and they're like, "No, it's not the camera. <laughs> it's him." He's out of focus and they've done this, this uh, special effect where he's, he's out of focus. Right. And he's like, but he's treating it like, a, like I, I won't get roles anymore. I've, I've, I've lost whatever magic I had. I, 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 I was, I was gonna, you know, really be something. I gotta, I gotta just focus. I gotta, you know, and, and then as his parent, you know, his whole family's like, it hurts to look at you. Like I, I'm getting a headache <laughs> looking at you. And, it's just so bizarre, but it's really, really funny. But it's a, it's a good movie just because it's got a bunch of different short stories. It's almost like you got a collection of short stories and just somehow shoved them all into oh, one wow. movie. Okay. I'll have to take a look at it. Uh, it's, it's good. It's good. And then, uh, Monsters Inc. would be number two. Cause I, I love his, um, his chemistry with John Goodman yes. there. And then, uh, number one, which I'm sure is many people's number one is, uh, Princess Bride, uh, with his, you know, have fun storming the castle. That's an MLT. He said to blave, which we all know means to blow. <laughs> Liar! You know, all that stuff. Absolutely incredible. I never saw Mr. Saturday Night, but I've always been it's, curious. It's about a Mr. fun Saturday movie, but it, it gets a little too heavy along the way. Okay. Yeah, that, that's what all it right. comes down to. Um, I think, I think Bill Crystal directed it. If I remember correctly, yeah, it was his baby. It was. I'm a bigger fan of of his directing uh, uh, 61, which is all about the home run race in 1961 between Roger Maris and uh, Mickey Mantle, and Billy Crystal did that. It came out in 2001. It's one of my favorite baseball movies. It's it's just you can see that Billy Crystal made that movie with so much love, Uh, you know, because he he himself 61 61 star, you know, he himself was 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 really good friends with uh, Mickey Mantle. He, they they met each other once on a on a dinosaur uh, talk show, and Billy Crystal knew that he was going to be on there with Mickey Mantle, and he brought like a program for Mickey Mantle to to sign, and the two of them became friends over the years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, wow, wow! What a what a crossover of lives. Yeah, seriously, you know? that's amazing. Yeah, wow, mm-hmm. cool. All right, so Duncan, you want to tell people how they can get in touch with you? Uh, yeah, you just go to Toronto, logically speaking, and listen to that, or uh, look for the Time Bandits Minute on all your your basic things. Uh, I'm by Duncan Shields on Twitter, and or or we'll see for now uh, on Twitter and um, uh, Instagram and anywhere else. Well, you think you're gonna get kicked off of Twitter soon? Is that Oh, I don't think I'm gonna get kicked off. I just don't know how much longer Twitter's gonna exist. <laughs> but we'll, well see. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see. If it- I'm sure it'll stick yeah, around. I'm sure it'll still be around. I'm sure. It's some, it's some form yeah, or probably. another. It's just, 
All right, and finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Move Around Minute. You can find me on Facebook, find me on Twitter, or you can go directly to my website, movearoundminute.com. So uh, until tomorrow, I'll have what she's having. I'll have what she's having. Gave me a thrill with all your faults. I love you still. It had to be you. Wonderful you. Had to be you.